Jane Slippin, you just came in here telling me that people are talking and people are talking about what I'm talking about, but uh, I'm talking about it with good reason. And by the way, it's logical. I mean, he was just, you know, the FBI just made a point to stop him on the street mm-hmm. and take his phone. Yeah, I was once sued and I had to give up my phone, believe it or not. And guess what happened? I mean, you know, you get the subpoena, uh, you get served. That was interesting. That was the most exciting part about it. <laughs> what happened? Like, they, don't, they don't come up and they, they just serve you. The you know process I mean? server guy, like he's like, oh, they trick you to yeah. give you the paper or something like that? No, no, like no. That? This is a couple of years ago, and uh, they just left the package for me. He was basically waiting with the doorman. and um, That's kind of anticlimactic. And it said, okay, ooh, my electronic devices. Well, I guess I'm going to have to lawyer up for this one. It was a negotiation, you said, basically. Yeah, like four months at least. You know what I mean? You, you, I got 15,000 pictures in there. You can't go through that stuff. Nobody can go through some of it. I mean, come on. Everybody's got stuff in their phone they don't want anybody seeing. It's like your brain. You know what Alan Dershowitz told me? He said that um, if the founding fathers knew about the cell phone, there's no way. No way. They would have written it into the Constitution that you can't search somebody's cell phone. That is like searching somebody's brain, poking around in somebody's noggin. Um, And, oh, by the way, I think it is in violation of the... uh, What's the unreasonable search? I think it's is it the Fourth Amendment, the Sixth Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, one of those amendments. Uh, so there's that. Also, um, is anybody talking about the fall of Minneapolis movie that I've been telling people about? Yeah, well, I was filling in for Noam yesterday morning, and you know, after the ruling came down, basically rejecting Derek Chauvin's appeal, that was kind of a news item that I was talking about. And I said, also, there's a lot of buzz concerning this fall of Minneapolis free documentary that was crowdfunded by this journalist out there liz collin i think her name is yeah and uh yeah absolutely i mean people are definitely talking about it if you if you're getting away from the kind of traditional media paradigm and seeing what people are saying online like social media there's a lot of people paying attention well uh i met liz collin uh they made this film that reevaluates the whole thing about george floyd two major lies have been told about two major figures all right they have uh elevated and glorified george floyd right that's figure number one and they have demonized and uh, tried to cancel uh, Donald Trump, right? Two, Donald Trump, George Floyd. The lies about these two men have kind of shaped our society uh, where we are right now. And it's the opposite. Um, you know, George Floyd was a horrible criminal and uh, you know, knew what he was doing when he, got the, when he started resisting and how he was resisting. He knew what he was doing because he had done it before. Uh, there was enough fentanyl in him to kill him. Look, you gotta see the movie. Go to the, what's it gonna, thefallofminneapolis.com. Thefallofminneapolis.com. It's free. And I think it's everybody's duty to watch that movie. And the appeal may have failed, but I think he's got a couple of more, uh, Chauvin. He's got a couple of more. And I've gone to people, oh, by the way. I have. Because I've been very vocal on this issue. And, you know, a while back, if I heard somebody piping off about George, you know, how George Floyd, you know, is um, not a victim and, and Chauvin's innocent. Like, there was a point where I couldn't even imagine saying that. Yeah, I know. I, and I, 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 I saw a person of color who was, uh, happens to be, uh, you know, uh, we're friendly. And I just said, listen, I know I'm putting some pretty provocative stuff out there. Um, and I'm happy to have a conversation at any time about this stuff. You know what I mean? I realize not everybody is saying what I'm saying. I'm, what I'm saying is the truth. I'm not backing away from it. But I realize, you know what I mean, and, you know, I don't put myself down because I'm white, but I don't hold myself high because I'm white, obviously, and nobody should use race as any kind of 
leverage or whatever, but I'm open to that. I'm open to that. I, I recognize people's feelings and I, we have all been stirred up and riled up by very powerful forces in a way. I don't blame anybody who believes the mainstream narrative about the George Floyd situation because it's been everywhere. And if you go about your business in America, you're going to be influenced by like not really doing much of anything. You're going to be influenced by the mainstream narrative. 20% of us seek something else. Another 20% of us or so are totally apathetic and don't care. Um, all right. So I said that. What's going on in the news, pal? Well, actually, something just came out that there was a car that exploded on the U.S. side of the Canadian-U.S. border up by Niagara Falls. That's the Rainbow Bridge. Uh, there's a casino right there on the U.S. side, I think. And this car exploded right near the border crossing. You know, you, you picture those like kind of toll booth looking things that you go through and talk through uh, talk to the customs agents. Yeah, cars explode sometimes, don't uh, they? I don't know about that. It's I mean, one of those electric cars, maybe. Well, that could be. I'm not worried about it. What are you thankful for? You know, I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my health. I'm thankful for the ability to kind of do what I do for a living. It's really enjoyable and interesting most of the time. And mm-hmm. um, just I'm thankful for a lot of stuff, really. That's, you, that's wonderful. You, I'm hey, look, I'm thankful. I'm already home. I don't have to commute. I'm t- I, 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 I walk. I can walk. I can walk. I don't have to get on a plane. I don't have to get on a bus. I don't have to get on a train. Thanksgiving is I'm, I'm I'm thankful for a million different things. I'm also thankful for the the peaks and valleys along the way. You know, I mean, any I, I look back, any low moment, any time I you know was unhappy, almost any time something good came out of it. Something really good came out of it. And quite one of those times, I think I may have told you, was in I was in high school and I had nowhere to sit in eleventh grade. I had no, I really had, like, I, I, I was friendless in 11th grade. People liked me, I liked them, but I had, I was not tight enough with any one group to sit with them. So I went to the library and I read the newspaper and I became hooked on current events. <laughs> I had already been kind of interested in current events, but I became kind of hooked and like in depth. And uh, back then when the New York Times wasn't fake news, you know, hey, if uh, everybody were nice to me in high school, I would never have gone to the library. I would have, you know, I would have been eating lunch, probably smoking cigarettes outside, right? Because that's what the cool kids were doing. So you never know. You never know. You're, you're, you're thrown. Uh, it's a challenge, and a lot of these challenges are meant to, for us to do something with, to become something with. And um, yeah, you ever had one of those things? Absolutely. Yeah, I can think of a few. Actually, I mean, it's, it is interesting. To well, think about. name one. I mean, look, I'll just think back to when I was in high school and I was playing football and our team was terrible. We won one game my senior year and I was the captain. We only had four seniors on the team and it was tough. It was tough going to practice every day and get your brains beat in every every Saturday playing football. And, you know, the coaches are unhappy. The, the teammates are unhappy. You know, they're looking at you. You're the captain. And there was something about the answering the bell every day. And kind of like getting up and getting off the mat and going to practice and saying, no, you know what? There's no quit in this. You just got to, the only way through is, is going hard. Wow. You know what I mean? And I think that that really influenced me because you do lose a lot of the time. You know, you don't always win. I love it. Never quit. You learn that early on. Never, I've actually never quit anything. I've never quit a job. I've been asked to leave, <laughs> but I never did the That's quitting. Different. That's a different I never did that. No, really. Was I, ever, I was never really fired. No, I don't, can't say I was fired. Oh, actually, yes, once. Once. I was summer help at uh, 
at Saks Fifth Avenue. Oh, okay. And I got the boot. I was quite surly. I had quite the attitude. So you just weren't you weren't cut out for retail. No, and they told me to beat it, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> what else did I want to tell you? Uh, news wise, the other thing that's important right now are the hostages, and yeah. uh, I don't trust the Hamas. I don't trust the um, uh, the terrorists, and I just I have a bad feeling about everything right well, now. You know, this morning on uh, on the morning show, Sid was saying that there's a lot of people he's hearing from in Israel who are worried that this could lead to like a permanent ceasefire between Israel and Hamas, that maybe this kind of takes things back to that stalemate that more or less has existed for 20 or 30 years or something like that. Do you think that's true? Mm, possibly. Possibly. Yeah, I could see it. Because, you know, they're already right. They're counting the numbers. Okay, you know, they killed 2,000 of our guys. We killed 10,000 of theirs. Maybe that's enough. Is that what they're saying? I think you got to eradicate Hamas. I think you got to get them out of there. Hey, I just want to also say this. I'm thankful that... We are engaged with the truth and not lies. You want to hear a big fat lie right now? A big fat lie. I said uh, Trump and George Floyd, right? They are the they're both they both been so lied about and leading the way with the lies has been Joe Biden. His very presidency, all of it is based on a lie. When he announced for uh, running in 2019, this is the first damn thing he said to us. Cut 18. He said there were, quote, some very fine people on both sides. Very fine people on both sides. But those words, the President of the United States assigned a moral equivalence between those spreading hate and those with the courage to stand against it. All right. Uh, this is a lie, by the way. Uh, keep going. Cut 19. That's why today I'm announcing my candidacy for President of the United States. All right. Why? Because of Charlottesville. Cut 20. We can't forget what happened in Charlottesville. Even more important, we have to remember who we are. This is America. All right. So what happened in Charlottesville? There was that Robert E. Lee statue that a lot of the folks in the community didn't like, but a lot of the folks in the community did like, and they had a protest and they had a bit of a standoff. And then some maniacs showed up and uh, did great damage. Neo-Nazis, white supremacists, right? Uh, they asked Donald Trump about this. This is what he actually said about what happened in Charlottesville. Ready? Cut 21. You also had people that were very fine people on both sides. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists, okay? And the press has treated them absolutely unfairly. So... You know, there are two ways to interpret this. Number one, and I do believe this is the primary way, Joe Biden is lying. And there are so many people who believe that Donald Trump is actually saying neo-Nazis are fine people. He wasn't saying that. But this is even worse, a, a worse interpretation, and I think this is where we're going. What Joe Biden is actually saying, you can't be on the side of preserving those Civil War monuments. If you If you are, then you are to be condemned totally. And you're not. That is a totally valid position to have. Totally. People may not like it. People may disagree with you. I may disagree with you. You know, I can understand somebody being offended by that if they're if they've been told to be offended. You know what I mean? Usually we're oblivious to all these damn statues. Point out any I I went in the park the other day and I saw a big statue for some guy named Morse. It just said one word Morse and this big guy sitting in a chair. It was like 100 years old. I guess, is this the Morse code guy? I don't know. 
I don't know. I, I Googled it. I was indeterminative. Um, but I'm the only guy doing that. <laughs> Looking at statues and Googling. Have you ever done that? Uh, I actually am the type of person. Diego, have you done that? S- statues and such. Like once when the statue looks good. All right. I'm not as a... I'm a plaque guy. Like, I like to read plaques and stuff like that. There I go again, thinking I'm all unique and special. (laughs) I'm just one guy with a phone, like the rest of, like everybody else. Can I just add something to what you said about the Charlottesville thing? It's very interesting to me that, you know, Biden's talking about having moral courage and, and, you know, what he heard in Trump's comments and all that kind of thing. And, you know, we know there was a lot of young people, maybe disaffected people that were at that Charlottesville rally. And one of the things that they talked a lot about at that time was the chant that was supposedly up amongst those um, right-leaning people, you know, Jews will not replace us. That was supposedly some big chant that came out of Charlottesville. And yet all we're seeing right now are these young left-leaning people that are out being, frankly, very anti-Semitic and anti-Jew in their rallies Mm. with the river to the sea and all this kind of stuff. The youth vote's pretty important to Biden, I would think, coming up here in 2024, I haven't heard too many condemnations of these rallies that are popping off right now. Spot on, James. Spot on. Where has he been? He is soft on anti-Semitism. He he realized he needs those votes. He wants those votes. He wants you, and he's losing them because, you know, Joe is trying to walk a line, and it's it's not working. And you don't walk a line. Uh, yeah, well, that's a great point. A great point. Well, um, oh, can I go back to the fall of uh, Minneapolis for a second? Can I do this? Everybody, listen to this. This is where they're talking to Chauvin. The, uh, the the reporter is talking to Derek Chauvin, the guy who you saw in that tape, right? Cut 22. Your attorney wanted to show a photo of MRT to the jury, but Judge Cahill denied it. Was this a key piece of evidence? I think it certainly is important. Just the fact that it's a PowerPoint training presentation that the city of Minneapolis Police Department delivered uh, using that photograph uh, that at least illustrates some of the training techniques that are performed. So here's the deal. You saw him with his knee, what looked like on the neck, and everybody was shocked. How could he be doing that? I was kind of shocked by his demeanor because his demeanor looks so like, mm, you know, no big deal is going on here. And it turns out, why was he so ho-hum? Because the maneuver was authorized and taught and trained and in their manuals. And his knee actually appeared to be on the neck, but it was really more on the shoulder. And he didn't die of asphyxiation. He died of a bunch of other things that had nothing to do with Chauvin. And we have the manuals. I'm surprised that the Supreme Court did not hear the the appeal. But you know what? You know those crazy protests outside of Kavanaugh's house? They worked. They worked. They put, they're afraid, they're afraid of the mob. And um, that is a real, that's something we got to think about. Maybe we should start putting Supreme Court justices on military bases. Seriously. They can live on a military base. It's not like moving to prison. It's nice. Um, I, 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 I've lived on a couple of, it's great. Yeah. What a great idea. Wouldn't that sort of imply that it's like a military tribunal, though, to an extent? Like, nah, no way. No, it's fine. You know, it implies that a civilian is living on a military base. Nope. 
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 